In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our gospel reading, Jesus is dismissing a crowd and telling his disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him so that he can have some space and time to pray, to pray alone. And he traveled to this deserted place to pray after learning of the beheading of his beloved cousin and the great prophet, John the Baptist. This was another one of Herod's violent power plays. So faced with the death of his friend and with a foreshadowing of Gethsemane and his own execution, Jesus wants to spend time in prayer, time to find strength, to press on for the kingdom, even as the kings of this world play violent games. The crowd that Jesus is dismissing this morning is the crowd that followed him to the deserted place. So Jesus was, has heard the news of John, he's gone to a deserted place, and when he turns up on the shore, people have followed him. His reputation is spreading, so what does he do? Tell them to go away so that he can go pray? No, he has compassion for them. He feeds them. He looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and the people were fed. Remember that? Feeding with the, the loaves and fish. That looking up to heaven, blessing and breaking is a foreshadowing of the bread from heaven that the living Christ gives to us. The bread that we bless and break and share this morning. He continues looking at his people and having compassion for them and feeding them. Now with his own flesh and blood poured out for us as the sign and as the foretaste of the everlasting kingdom. So with the people fed and cared for, Jesus is aware still of his need to withdraw. He knows that he needs time alone, time where he can pray with his Father in heaven so that he can carry out his mission, his mission to save the world and to establish an alternative kingdom here in this world, founded not on violence, but founded on forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A kingdom founded on redemptive, outpoured love. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of the kingdom. As Jesus dismissed the crowds, not as a king from a throne, but as a servant who fed the people, he instructs his disciples to take courage, get into the boat, set out on the mission of announcing in word and deed the good news of the kingdom of heaven come to earth. And you know, the boat has been a rich image for the church as the ark of salvation. Turn this church upside down, look up. Turn it upside down and it's, you know, it's a boat. We're sitting in a boat. Uh, we call this space that you're seated in a nave. It's a fancy Episcopal word, sure, but it comes from somewhere, navis, Latin, for ship, right? So friends, you're on a boat and we're sent 
into the world by Jesus to go ahead, go ahead to the other side to enact the new habits of the kingdom of God, this alternative kingdom. And like those first disciples, we're called to take courage, set out to sea, go far away from the land, grounded in the faith that Jesus is with us as head of the church and the author of our salvation. But it turns out that the waves are hard to navigate. The wind can feel against us as we set out with courage to be the church, announcing this kingdom. We get scared, scared that we won't be taken seriously, scared that not as many people come to church as they used to, scared to be seen as religious in a secular society, scared about what the future will look like, scared what our lives might look like if we worship Jesus as the source of all meaning, terrified that we can't take Jesus at his word to fear not, and that he will be with us always, even to the end of the age. Jesus recognizes our fear, so he turns up on the waves and says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. As we look to the future of St. James Church, I hope that we keep these words fixed in our hearts, on our lips, in our minds, so that we can remember them each day. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. We'll have to set out from familiar land and get into the boat. Disciples have done that from day one. There's nothing new here. Set out from shore. We'll have to face the waves. The wind will sometimes feel against us, but Jesus is telling us, get in the boat, be the church. If it's true that we all need to get in the boat as disciples because all 12 got in, it's also true that some of us will even have to walk on water like Peter. We're quick to make fun of Peter's impulsive behavior, and for good reason. But his mustard seed faith that we see this morning, I think it's worth striving for. Because Peter begins his journey across the water toward Jesus with the recognition that this isn't something he can do on his own initiative. His faith might be little, but he's beginning to recognize that faith is obedience to Jesus Christ, keeping his eyes fixed on him, listening to him, following him, trusting him. We likely have some sympathy for Peter too as he begins to sink because we too are afraid. Theologian Stanley Hauerwas suggests that our fears are not governed by our fear of God because we fear, like Herod, the opinions of others more than we fear God. Convicted. As a result, we sink beneath the weight of our own desires, hoping others might think us normal. But how normal can we really be as a people who worship as the disciples did in this boat, this Jesus whom we recognize by faith as the Son of God? Don't be too normal for God's sake. As Flannery O'Connor put it, and Jay has pointed out many times, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. 
odd enough to believe that true power rests not with Herod, but with the suffering servant who stoops down on his last night to wash his disciples' feet. Odd enough to believe that on the cross, we find the world's true king lifted up. Odd enough to believe that in bread and wine and in the feeding of the hungry, we are given a foretaste of a kingdom that will have no end. Let us set out on the boat and go ahead on our way to the other side. Let us dare to even go far from the shore and when the waves begin to crash and the wind is against us and we become frightened and we begin to sink, let us remember to reach out our hand and cry out, Lord, save me. And when we do, we'll discover that Jesus is already right there in the boat, reaching out his hand, his outstretched hand on the cross, his life poured out for you, for me, for the life of the world. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen.